Well, what's up, Cross Timbers Church? It's good to be with you this weekend. I have the honor and the privilege of introducing to you our guest speaker for this weekend. His name is Mark Owings, and Mark has been a good friend of mine for many, many years. He's known me and my family since I was a little boy. Uh, He's been good friends with Toby for many years as well. And so Mark is not just any guest speaker. We really consider him a part of Cross Timbers Church family. Uh, He's a gifted communicator. He's the founder of a ministry called Elevate Him. He's the author of seven books, but more importantly than that, he is the husband and father of his beautiful wife and kids. I want you to put it together, give a nice, warm, and loud welcome to Mark Owings. What up, Cross Timbers? Before I get started, I just got to tell you, I love your pastor. Love, love, love Toby. This is a chance that I could get to really get on him, and he couldn't get me back because he usually has the mic longer than me. But I want to tell you what I love about Toby. He's real, raw, and authentic. He never hides who he is, and he just comes out. And God gave him an ability to communicate with people. When I heard Toby for the very first time, I said, that's a God-given gift because he feels like he's talking to everybody in the room. Amen? You ever felt that? And then I think about Micah, and the reason I, I, I love them for two different reasons. I love Toby because of what I've just explained to him, but Micah's got this ability. It's like they walked up to Micah and said, this is the mold of a pastor's wife, and she just went, no thanks. And she just decided to just be Micah. So she laid Saul's armor down and just walked away with a slingshot, and her slingshot is so beautiful. The most consistent, the most joyful, sweet, funny lady, she will get you, and you don't even know it because she seems like she's sweet, but then she turns around and gets you. And she's got me several times that I could tell stories, but I love your pastor. So everybody just stand up real quick. And I just want to pray over you, and then we're going to dive right in. I don't want to waste any time talking about anything except Jesus. Amen? So just put your hands out like this. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would communicate through me. I thank you that you took weak vessels so that your glory can be magnified, Lord, that people can see, yep, it has to be Jesus on him. So, Father, I thank you that through the lens of love that we would catch and see the way you see, think the way you think, and view this world, ourselves and others, in the way that you want us to. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, have a seat. Right on. Well, I'm going to give away exactly what I'm going to talk about just right at the front. The title of my message, if you're writing notes, I know everybody does iPhone. I'm old school. I still like books. I like pages turning. I like to write my Bible. But you do it the way you do it, boo-boo. You just be you. So the title of this message is called The Lens of Love. The Lens of Love. The Lens of Love is a crazy thing because our staff got together and we wrote a book called Grace, Love, and Holy Spirit. And what we set out to do in that is we wanted to discover, write, and help people be equipped with what is the true nature and character of God. Not what someone told me was the nature and character of God. Not even what I read about the nature and character of God. When I experience it through relationship, the nature and character of God. And it changes three things. When you really get to know him, it changes the way that you see God. That lens of love 
changes the way that you encounter and have relationship. It changes the way that you read about him. And when I say him, I never leave out the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I can't leave out the Holy Spirit because it's the one deposited in me. I can't leave out Jesus because he's the one that died for me. And I can't leave out the Father because he loved the world so much that he gave him to me. So when I look through the lens of love, God begins to look different to me. The second thing that happens through the lens of love is that we begin to see ourselves the way he sees us. He wants you to see yourself the way he sees you. Now, I know many times we think that we've done that, um, but I think we get fooled. We get deceived. We get schemed into seeing ourselves through the view of our parents or our past or whatever it is. But the lens of love changes the way that you see God. It changes the way you see yourself. And here's the best part. It changes the way that you see others. It changes the way that you see others. So at 51 years old, I can tell you about lenses. The only reason I can read this, it's, it's probably .20 font on my notes. And if you're 40 or under, you're going, I don't get the whole funniness about the lenses. But this life gets better when you put these on. I mean, this thing gets magnified. It's so clear. In about 41, my eyes went south on me. Anybody in here had that happen? Oh, yeah, the whole room. You call people are like, I don't know what he's talking about. Just wait. It's coming on you. And it goes fuzzy on you. I mean, I've had bad stuff happen where when I tried to not use these glasses, one time this girl told me at the office, she said, it's okay. If you just go without them a day, your eyes will adjust. Well, I end up texting my secretary that I can't wait to get home and have lovey time with you. I text my wife that, honey, you better get this done, or you better get this done because I need it tomorrow. Both of them were mad at me, and both of them looked at me funny when I got home, and the other one looked at me really funny when I got to the office. When I put my glasses on the house, I was like, oh, my God, I, I need to straighten this out. I did not have my glasses on when I wrote that. So these things make things look better that you can read them, right? And when you get the lens of love on, everything changes. But I have a friend named David Terry who's written some of those books out there with me. And David got what they call a cataract. Thank God I don't have one. But he got one because he's older than me and he deserved that, not me. And he got this cataract and it was bad. And I was just like, David, go up in your lens strength. It'll straighten all of it out. And he finally goes and sees the eye doctor. Whatever they call it, optometrist. Goes to the doctor and she says baby you've got a cataract on your eye and he's like a cataract I don't drive a Cadillac I, 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 I a cataract and she's like honey we've got to cut this off your eye it's going to be okay you're going to have surgery on your eye David said Mark it was a weird thing when they're coming at you I can't remember if he said a needle or a laser either one of them don't bring peace to me he said it was weird because she said this now stay still and I won't hurt you that's where when I go to the dentist I've dreamed about this forever I want a stun gun. And you know when they drill you and you're, you go, Pow! because it hit the nerve, and they say this stupid thing. If there's a dentist in here, please forgive me. When they say this, oh, did I hurt you? I've always just wanted to have this gun and just go, Doom! and watch them, and go, oh, did I hurt you? Oh, I'm so sorry. May the lens of love fall on you. But they go in, they cut this cataracts off of him. Because it was blurring, blocking, and distorting the way David saw everything. So that's what cataracts does. And he said, I was amazed after the surgery that I could start reading and seeing. And he goes, Mark, it was like 48 hours. It was like, boom, it was back, baby. 
he felt like he was 20 again. I just got to thinking about this, and God told me, he told me to come to Cross Timbers and preach this message, the lens of love. Why? Because people are coming here. There's a great harvest that's fixing to come, and we've got to get our lens of love on so that they meet Jesus, not us. And God wants to use every single person here, not just Toby, not just Micah, not just the staff. He wants to use everyone, but we've got to get the lens of love on. So let's talk about spiritual cataracts for a minute. Spiritual cataracts does the same exact thing. It blurs, it blocks, and it distorts the way you see God, the way you see yourself, and the way you see others. By the end of this message, and when you wake up tomorrow, you're going to wake up just doing this, the lens of love, the lens of love. Because subconsciously, I'm going to get you chanting lens of love. Everybody say lens of love. You did so good. Now, let's talk about your spiritual cataract. And you're like, man, I don't have any spiritual cataract. If I ask your wife, she would tell you the list on you right now. So, I, I think about what blurs, blocks, and distorts our vision. Especially when it comes to how we see the Father, how we see ourselves and how we see others. So, let, let me just bring up something for a minute. Let's talk about distrust. Anybody in here de dealt with distrust? Like three people who are telling the truth in here. Everybody should have their hands up. Distrust. Let me give you a secret. Let me give you a revelation. When you see D-I-S, the devil has showed up and added to God's word. God built you. You were built, fueled to be driven from trust, not distrust. Spiritual cataracts comes on and it comes and adds that DIS on the end of that, or the beginning of that, so that the, the root of that changes and distorts your vision of how you see God, how you see yourself, and how you see others. God wants to remove distrust from your heart. You go, well, I don't really fight distrust and go, okay, let's pick another one. How about disappointment? Let's pick another dis. Disappointment. There's many people in the room, as I began to pray for this church and meet my time here, disappointment hits all of us, right? I remember a time in my, when we were young, so excited to be a father. And our first baby, we miscarried. Our second one, we miscarried. Can I tell you, I was disappointed. My sweet bride was very disappointed. That disappointment doesn't go away. Some of you are disappointed in here because your job didn't go the way you thought it was. Some of you are disappointed in here because your marriage didn't end up where you thought it would be at this time and place in your marriage. Some of you are disappointed because you thought you would be married and he or she hasn't even showed up yet. And you're a little disappointed at God, maybe a little disappointed in yourself or a little disappointed in others. Disappointment is impossible for God because here's the truth. As God built you for trust, he also built you for appointment. The word says that he appointed and anointed each and every one of you in this room. He appointed and anointed you to bear fruit. The enemy comes in and adds that small three little letters, dis, to the end of it, and we start moving the other direction. Distrust is not from us. It's a spiritual cataract that changes our eyes, the way we see God, the way we see ourselves, and the way we see others. Disappointment does the same thing. So let's talk about a bigger one, unforgiveness. This cracks me up in the church, in the body of Christ. We still are at this place that, you ever heard people say, no, 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 I've forgiven them. I just don't ever want to see them again. 
Can you imagine Jesus on the cross? He said, God, forgive them of their sin, but I don't want to see them in heaven. But like we convince ourselves that that's okay, right? Or we say stuff like this. You know, I'm okay with the spiritual cataracts blocking the light from me right here. I'll forgive them, but I'm never going to forget it. I'm not going to forget what my dad did. I'm not going to forget what my mom did. I'm not going to forget what my college student did. I'm not going to forget. Hey, let's talk about the pastors. Let's talk about the church and what they did. We're going to talk about all these things, and we're going to talk about unforgiveness, and we want to grow. We are living in a time where we're pickled in preaching, and you can hear every one of your favorite preachers online instantaneous, and you can go through 10 of them a day if you want. But here's the deal. It's not how much you go through. It's how much you understand and walk with. And it's time for the simple gospel to come back. It's time for the simple gospel where we begin to see God for who he is, begin to see others for who they are, and begin to see ourselves the way God wants us to see ourselves. Full of love, full of passion, head tilted, ready to move, but unforgiveness comes in. The un comes in on the forgiveness. You were built to forgive because you look just like your daddy. You should smell just like Jesus. You should smell like Holy Spirit. Have you forgotten what he forgave you of? I haven't. I was rode hard and put up wet. I should not be standing on this stage, and I'm always shocked when I see people in the audience that showed up to hear anything I have to say because I don't deserve anything. But God saw me through the lens of love and transformed me. And he began to change the way I saw myself. And as I changed in myself, I was able to give away to others what I'd received from the Father. See, that's the real thing. You can't give away what you don't have. Some of us have spiritual things over our eyes. Talk about betrayal, baggage, all kinds of stuff. But I want to take you to a scripture and I want to show you something. It's out of Matthew 9, 9 through 13. And I know some of y'all, as it comes up on the screen or you pull it up on your phone, as I read through this, because it's about the Pharisees, and I, I want to say up front, uh, have you ever met a Pharisee? And see, when I usually ask that question, people raise their hand and think about someone else. God told me to tell you, if you want to see a Pharisee, go home, turn on your light and look in the mirror. There he is. There she is. And you say, I'm not a Pharisee to other people. No, but you are to yourself. God wants to tell you he doesn't like the way that you beat yourself up because he doesn't beat, yourself, beat you up. He set you free and forgave you and really meant it. How are you doing on the forgiveness of yourself? So as you read this, think about you. And it says this. I'm going to have to put these bad boys on. As Jesus went on from there, he saw. Everybody say, he saw. A man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciple, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy not sacrifice. Have I not come for the righteous, but for sinners? There is two groups of people. They're highlighted there. Jesus saw them and the Pharisees saw them. Both of them knew his name. Both of them knew his profession. 
Every, Jesus knows exactly who Matthew is. He, he knows what, what's going on right here. Is, is Levi sits there. Matthew sits there. It's, he knows he's a tax collector. The Pharisees are over there like, dude, I can't even believe you're talking to him. Both see him according to the word, but both came with different lenses. One came through the lens of the law, and one came with the lens of grace. Jesus sees through the lens of grace. Both know his name. Both know his profession. Let's give a little facts about Matthew here. Matthew is Jewish by bloodline only. Matthew is making a living by taxing his people by the Roman government. Guys, that's like Russia taking us over. Someone coming from the IRS works for Russia, and we're already conquered, and they tax us. And they work for the conquering government and partner with them and leave Christianity to go with another to, to make things worse for us. Matthew has abandoned all of his roots, all of his Jewish belief systems, everything. You heard of people say, you've got to give your man card up. I had to give my man card up in my 40s. There's times where your just strength doesn't happen. They give it, you, you like, someone say, give your man card. I can promise you this Jewish community looked at Matthew and said, Give up your Jewish card. They didn't even look at him Jewish anymore. As a matter of fact, they didn't seem part of the community because then the way that text says is why. Matthew gets called by Jesus and throws a keg party. I think it was a keg party. Why? Because it just sounds cooler. But I think Matthew was excited and did what sinners do and threw a keg party because he doesn't know any better. And I kind of like it. And I think I'd have showed up with Jesus. Jesus shows up. The Pharisees see it and doesn't understand why he's with them. They look at him totally different. And here's what the Pharisees come to. And this is what many of us come to. The Pharisees were completely disappointed in who Matthew was as a man in their community. They, like many of us sitting here, viewed him through his behavior. We've got scriptures that even say that in Christianity. We say this to each other. Oh, I can tell a tree by its fruit. Just look at her. I'm just telling you she's no good. You women know y'all do that. You know it. We men do the same thing. We look at behavior, quote scripture, but God looks at the heart. He rebukes Samuel and says, Samuel, I'm not like you. I don't look at the outward. I look at the inward. Today, God's looking at the inward, and all he can see is through the lens of Jesus, love. Have I encouraged you about the lens of love? I'm going to tell you, like many of us, they kept looking at his behavior, his weakness, his failures, and that's all they could see on him. They had already disowned him, labeled him, and they labeled him three things. Here's the three things coming up. Unchangeable, unredeemable, and unreachable. Unchangeable, unredeemable, unreachable. There's some people who go to this church that went to high school with me. They promised you, would have told you, that guy is unchangeable, unredeemable, don't even try. But when you add all those three up in a math equation, here's what it comes up to every time. Unworthy. Unworthy. That's what the Pharisees were saying is, we deem you as totally unworthy, Chad. We deem you totally unworthy, Michelle. We deem... We deem you, we judge you, we look at you through the lens of the law, and we deem you unworthy of God's love. But God, Jesus, he's got the lens of love. He is the lens of love. 
He is the lens of love that looks at us. And Jesus, the Son of God, looks down at Matthew through a very different set of lenses. While others may view you through the behavior, God sees you through grace. Jesus was ready to appoint this disciple, this son, to be a game changer, to be a koi fish, to be a unicorn, to literally be one of 12 men that were chosen to change the face of the planet, knowing that 2,000 plus years later, a bald dude would be sitting here preaching this at Cross Timbers and still talking about him. He was a game changer. See, we, we hear the old songs and we quit preaching it because they no longer seems cool anymore. When God sees, I mean, when people see a shepherd boy, God sees a king. It's still true. That is not old revelation. God is looking at you through the lens of love and telling you, you've got a great future ahead of you. Everybody take a deep breath. If you've got lung in your breath, you have an incredible future ahead of you. I don't care what a doctor says. I don't, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how dumb you are. I, I'll be in that group in the back of the bus. God wants to show off his goodness through you, and God judges you totally different. He wants to cut off the spiritual cataracts, but here's the deal, guys. If you don't allow God to operate on your spiritual cataracts that is growing, and it's always growing, it's always making its way at you. It's trying to change the way you see yourself, the way you see your spouse, the way you see your children, the way you see your coworkers, the way you see your pastors, even the way you see me right now. See, if you could see me the way God sees me, you would love me. You would think I was good looking even though I was bald. Y'all know it's true. But when you choose to look any other lens beside God's lens of love, You choose to see it the way you see it. And that is the most dangerous way on the face of the planet to see it. It's God's way or no way. The scripture is very clear. A man thinks he does right in his heart, but in the end it leads to destruction. When you see through the lens of love, you see that your future is bright. God has a bright future for you. God cares about you. When you put on the lens of love, you begin to start thinking about things like this. I have a cousin named Jeff. Uh, Jeff won the trophy in our family for the Chief Center. Uh, I was a tenth of a second behind him. I almost got the trophy. We smoked it. We drank it. We fought it. We did everything. We make running bucks look lazy. We did everything this world had to offer, everything that it offered. I smoked it, drank it, and shot it. And at the end of the day, I said, the world doesn't have anything. But my cousin ran it and chased it harder than anyone. God saves his life and redeems his life. His name's Jeff. He's my hero. Jeff leads me to the Lord. My entire family comes to the Lord. Because Jeff chose to look at me through the lens of love and reach out to me when I was a drug addict at the time. I'm a long way from Kansas, kids. He reached out. See, this doesn't have a nice little bow on it. About five years later, seven years later, Jeff walks away from Christ for 14 years. I say he walked away because God never, ever leads you or forsake you. He might have thought he was walking away, but Jesus went with him because Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are always looking at you through the lens of love. And some of you go, you just don't know what I did, what I just blew it in. And God's saying, I love you, baby. I love you. The enemy's lying. Condemnation is never for Christianity. If they preach condemnation, they're not preaching the gospel that Paul said, anyone preach any other than this, be cursed. God loves you. 
He sent me here to tell you he loves you. Look through the lens of love. Jeff, for 14 years, I get a phone call and he calls me and he can't even talk. Basically, what he said is, I'm back through grace. I said, oh, Jeff, I've got so much to teach you. God's been teaching me while you've been gone for 14 years. I mean, I've made it all the way to second grade in grace. And I can't wait to teach you to what I know. Jeff, in about a year, goes from second grade to a doctorate in grace. And he is the most graceful man I know. God led him out for 14 years and people counted him out. Unredeemable, unchangeable, unworthy. He won't be back. He ruined his family. He did everything. Can I tell you, God restored everything. Because God never, ever left the lens of love. There were a few people who never, ever left the lens of love with my cousin. Because he's my hero, I can't, would not leave the lens of love for my cousin. There were days that I would give up and there's days that I would pray just as it is with you. But the lens of love changes the way you see God, see yourself, and see others. And when Jeff came back... It was like a whole nother revelation of grace coming on me that God really never gives up on you. Listen, you go, Mark, you must walk on water. You must never have road rage. You must never ever do anything. You're up here preaching this lens of love. And my wife and friends are here. And there's too many of them because they would say, oh, no, that ain't true. I mess up a lot. But here's the deal, what I have come to. I'm perfect in Jesus' eyes. So why would I partner with the devil to beat myself up? Why would I ever partner with the enemy to beat myself up? Some of you have done it so long that you beat yourself up and partner with the enemy because of your failure. God keeps no record of wrong. I could take you into 1 Corinthians, but I don't want to do it. I just want to tell you, I don't want to waste any time because this is a message because Cornelius Gate is about to open. And I believe that there's going to be a lot of people coming to Cross Timbers. But again, I need you to know this. I come as a prophet of hope to tell you this. We need to put the lens of love on. We need to put the lens of love on so that we can see God for who he really is. He's not a homicidal genocidal God in the New Testament. No, he's so much more than that when I first started reading. But I knew I was suicidal and he healed me. God isn't who many of you think he is. It's not just a song because I've heard the whispers at night. I've heard his voice. John 10, 27 says that the sheep will hear his voice. He knows them and they follow him. God knows you, all the good, the bad, and ugly, and still loves you. Young people, you couldn't dream big enough because God's lens of love can do anything. But the greatest thing is not when you just get that for you. See, if you can really see him for who he is, it changes everything. I asked him the other day, I messed up. I did something. It wasn't a big thing. I didn't shoot anybody. I didn't rob a bank. It was a 7-Eleven. I got $200. They didn't catch me. But I was just walking with him and I said, Lord, have you ever been embarrassed of me? Because I've been embarrassed of me. Anyone in this room ever been embarrassed of yourself? Yeah, everybody's hammering up then. You getting honest as we go on. You know what he said to me? You go, Mark, you keep saying he said this to you. No, I didn't read it in the Bible. I heard it. You go, was it audible? Go, no, it's much louder than that. It was on the inside of me. I said, no. Son, I've never been. Never, never been embarrassed of you. Have you been disappointed of me, Father? Never said, I'm sorry you had to see that. And here's what he said. I didn't see that. 
Well, man, I went stopping home. I was like, that's in the word. You know, now you're going against the word. You're the devil. Get away from me. And I sit on my tailgate, and Jesus shows up. And just in my spirit, he says this. Mark, the reason he, the Father, couldn't see it, he was looking through the lens of love that you're preaching. He was looking through me, son. And all he could see was blood of Jesus, and all he could see was your perfection. And I can tell you, the enemy does a good job of convincing us that we are rejected, that we're fearful, that we're prideful, that we're all these different things. But he comes today to say, have you tried on the lens of love? Have you tried seeing me who I really am? who I really want to be in your life, not just a Bible study in the morning or church on Sunday, that I'm in the car with you and I'm cheering you on and I have a purpose and a plan for you and it will never, ever go away because I never give up. Faith, hope, and love. Love never fails. Last thing I'm going to say to you is 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says this, that God keeps no record of wrong. No record of wrong. How many records do you keep against your spouse? How many records do you keep against your friends? How many records do you keep against the church? Does that line up to the word or does that line up to the world's way of doing it? Could I recommend to you the lens of love that will change the way you see him? See yourself and see others. I'd recommend the lens of love. Will you all stand up and let me pray for you? So just put your hands back out. And just say this out loud with me. Father God, I choose today to partner with you. I choose to believe that you do love me. I want to love myself the way you love me. So that I can love others the way you love them. Thank you for being so faithful even when I wouldn't, even when I couldn't. We give you all glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.